Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolia's First. To learn more, visit m1bc.org. While 2020 was probably the most confusing year that most of us have ever experienced, um, there's this tendency to think that we have now turned you know, the page of the calendar and everything's going to be better. Well, I don't want to cast doom, right? Because that's not why we're here. But I do believe that 2021 is not going to really be a turning of the page. In fact, I think we can identify 2020 as kind of weird, kind of confusing. And what actually happened there, it was a much different year you know, in my life. But when we go to 2021, I think 2021 this year is going to be a year that will be defined a lot by uncertainty because really nothing changed since four days ago, right? I mean, the news is still the same. There's just not a Christmas tree in the background. And so as we go into 2021, I want us to talk about how does the church respond? Now, the first question you're going to have to ask yourself is basically, why am I at church this morning? And so while today is largely an encouragement, a challenge to the Christ follower, it's also uh, an exhortation to one who is seeking out Christ, you're not yet a Christ follower, to make that decision because while uh, 2020 was a year where everybody is asking why, and honestly, that was a Google year in review uh, that I found. I edited the end because uh, some language came into play that perhaps isn't good for church. You know how it goes. But uh, it says everybody's asking the same questions. I think the reality is we've been asking the same questions for years. If you go generation after generation after generation, the question has been the same. Why? You know, why is this happening? Why is it different? Why did, did that go on? And so there's been this, this question in history that really the, the words of the question are are a little bit different. It's worded differently, but the question is still the same, is that we live in a weird and changing world, and most of us, we want to hang on to what was. And in 2020, that escalated, and things changed rapidly, mainly for a generation that hasn't experienced change like that probably ever uh, in its lifetime. If you're in the, uh, you know, I think there's a, an older generation that has seen rapid change and then it became consistent. Uh, in my generation, however, there's never been a year that was as defining as 2020 for me and my generation. Now, when it comes to the answer to the question, here's what I would propose. The question has been worded differently People ask why. They're, they're, they're curious about life. They're curious about what this is all about. But in reality, while those words have changed and they've morphed because there's different things going on in culture, there's different things going on in the world, the answer remains the same, word for word. 
The scripture has never been more consistent. It has always been the same. It has always held true. And it is the answer for all things that are going on. Uh, As we move into this year of 2021, I think the role of the Christ follower is going to become more and more imperative. And I say that because I think opportunities are coming. We've talked about that in this room a lot. We've used the word opportunity. And I do believe with all my heart that if you are a Christ follower in here, in this room or online this morning, the opportunities that are going to come in 2021 are going to be awesome if you'll allow it. I... uh, I want to take you to this one verse. This will be our guiding verse for today. If you have a copy of the Word of God or on your device, turn to Isaiah uh, chapter 46. Isaiah 46. This is going to kind of be the the guiding point today, and we're going to be talking about the confidence we can have in God because God is unchanging, and we can put full uh, trust in Him. Isaiah is a prophet, and so he's speaking the words of God that God gave to him. And so this is what he prophesied years and years and thousands of years ago and, uh, and way before Christ even came on the scene, before he was born. Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 through 11. Listen to what it says. It says, Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. He says, I am God, and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it ever happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. Be a little careful. He's he's not a whiny fifth grader, okay? He is talking about the confidence you can have in him. Only I can tell you the future before it happens. Everything I plan will come to pass. Basically saying, you can have confidence in me. He's not bragging. He's not gloating here. He is saying he is God, and you can put your full trust in him. I do whatever I wish. I will call a swift bird of prey from the east, a leader from a distant land to come and do my bidding. I have said what I will do, and I will do it. If you can have confidence in one thing, you need that thing to be 100% unchanging. Because when you put your confidence in God, who is unchanging, it opens up all sorts of possibilities. But before we talk about how and why we would put it in, here's who you're putting your trust and your confidence in. In Isaiah, here's what he's wanting you to know. He's wanting you to know his nature. He's wanting you to know his position And he's wanting you to know his word. He goes, remember the things I've done in the past. You know my nature. You know I came through before. I will come through again. He goes, know my position, for I alone am God. And then he says, know my word. I have said what I will do, and I will do it. I am unchanging. And so this series that we're in, it's entitled An Overcoming Faith. Facing uncertainty without fear. And fear has been a word that's been thrown around like crazy in 2020. But I want to hone in that word that where it should be for the Christ follower. The, the, the term fear for a Christ follower is 
doing what God has called you to do unashamedly and without fear and moving forward because you can have confidence that he's going to see you through that. And so today we're talking about confidence. We're believing in God's sovereignty. Next week, uh, one of the other guys is going to come. We're going to talk about being persuasive in such a time as this, maintaining our convictions with grace. And then we're going to look at being courageous, letting our faith uh, extinguish any fear that we would have uh, to serve him. Let me pray, and then we'll move forward. Father, I love you, and Lord, I thank you for a new year. I thank you for 2021. I even thank you for 2020, and I thank you for the opportunities you have brought for us, Lord. I pray that in 2021, we would not look at it as a total turning of the page, Lord, but I pray that you would give us confidence in you, knowing that we have an answer in you, and knowing that the world is going to be asking more and more questions, Lord. Our coworkers, our friends, our, uh, the students who sit next to us, the students in our class, Lord, our family. Lord, we have an answer. And Lord, the question is being rapidly up-paced, Lord, to where people need answers. And I pray that we would point people to you. I pray that our love would show uh, brightly, Lord, of what kind of confidence uh, others and ourselves, Lord, can have in you. We love you. We praise you. Be with us. Open our ears. I pray that you would take my words, and Lord, that they would be your words. Lord, whatever would come out of my mouth, I pray that you would just, Lord, make it true in the ears of those that would listen today. May it be your words and not mine. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week, uh, Daniel uh, uh, preached in here. Uh, Jesse was in Encounter and they made the statement of this. They said, unshakable hope is determined by what you put your hope in. And I was actually in Encounter last Sunday, and, and Jesse made that comment, and it, that rang very true to me. Because when, when you talk about an unshakable hope, you know, that hope is only unshakable when you've placed the object of the hope as God or as the right thing. You see, when we put our hope in ourself, and, and this is the part that got me, when we put our hope in ourself, there eventually comes a point in time that we find out that we're not good enough. <laughs> and I think that is an excellent observation because if you're like me, you can go through life putting confidence in yourself and you move forward, you move forward, you move forward, then you hit a roadblock. And then you realize, I'm not that great. People don't like me like I thought they did. In fact, I don't even like me. Why would they like me? You know? And so you hit this brick wall of your confidence is shattered because your confidence is in yourself rather than God. And so it brings us to our big idea for today. Self-confidence has limited potential. Self-confidence is good. I'm not against self-confidence. Self-confidence is, is powerful. You go to a counselor, they're going to put that in you. Awesome, all good. I'm not asking you to not have confidence in yourself, but I'm asking you to put your confidence truly in God and let him provide you the self-confidence through him. So self-confidence has limited potential, but God-confidence has unlimited possibility. 
I want to show you a video. So my parents uh, gave me one of the, the, the best Christmas presents you could ever have. They took all their digital or all their, you know, reel-to-reel film and, and slide projectors. You remember those? You know, the took all those, they digitized them, and they gave us, uh, me and my sister, a, a four-terabyte hard drive of basically our childhood and their childhood. And on that, I had one memory, and believe it or not, I actually searched for it, because I don't know if I'd seen pictures of it or actually remembered it, but in my mind, I remembered it. But there is a video of me as a little baby, so this is an excellent treat today. Okay, so this is me on a diving board the very first time I ever jumped off a diving board into my dad's arms, and I think you can draw the analogy. So put chubby little Milt up there. Nothing cuter than that. I get my feet stationed, planted. Oof. And so it's like the best shot ever. I, I'm going to be honest with you, I watch this over and over and over again, probably to a little embarrassing point. But, uh, but actually, there's a couple different shots of me. If you watch the whole video, I'm not going to show you the whole video, but uh, I only showed about 45 seconds of it. But I get more and more confident every time. You'll see my little, well, there it is. And so there's, there's about two or three in there where I, I come up to the diving board, and I don't know why. I got my tongue out, and I'm always sticking that foot, you know, as, as if it's a 30,000-foot drop, you know. I'm sticking my little toe over the edge, and then I get it. But what do you think I'm looking at that truly gives... Do you think I can swim at that age? No. Uh, parents back then, they didn't put any life preservers on you, nothing. If you watch the whole video, my grandmother takes me to the top of a slide holds me by my arms and just lets me go. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, you do this now, CPS would be called. I'm not sure what's going on. But, but what do you think gave me the confidence without my little floaties, no floaties, or anything like that to jump in the water? It's dad right there. You know, it's, it's my father knowing that I can trust him. And there is that innocent, innocent, just blatant, you know, trust, you know, that I have in my father. And What God has done, he has given us the analogy of family to understand how we relate to him. And so I understand that not everybody was blessed with a godly and awesome dad. I'm very grateful that I was, but God is that awesome and and dependable dad that you've been looking for if you were not blessed with that. But, But the concept of a father you can trust, when you can't swim, you don't even understand water, you don't know what's going on, the, the image of being able to jump in another person's arms is the image that God wants to provide for you. That is his trustworthiness. He is not a God that will let go. He is not a God that will look away. He is going to open his arms and probably he will drown before you drown. You know, you think about it. When you were little, or if you have a son or daughter yourself, and if you were catching your kid, if they punched you in the eye with their foot, you wouldn't care. You'd do everything to get them out of the water. And that is the God we serve, is that you can have that absolute, absolute confidence in him. So self-confidence has limited potential, but God-confidence has unlimited uh, possibility, unlimited possibility. When we put our hope, our faith, and confidence in God, it's really limitless what we can accomplish. What if, 
just think about it. In your life, in your job, in your, you know, as a, a family member, whatever you are, if you're a, a, a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife, a mom, a dad, if, if you are putting complete confidence, let's not even put God in the factor yet. Let's say in your marriage, you had 100% confidence in your wife. You have 100% confidence in your husband. Or as a, a kid, you have 100% confidence in your mom or your dad. Or as a parent, this one's probably getting a little bit more risky, you have 100% confidence in your son or daughter that they're always going to do the right thing. Do you know how that changes the dynamic of a family? I had a friend one time, he didn't trust his wife. Never trusted her. And, uh, and, and they're not married today. But he, he, would, he would constantly check and find out where she is. And uh, it, was, it was early cell phone days, and he, he would call multiple times a day. And I'm sitting right next to him, and I'm almost feeling kind of bad. I'm thinking, you know, I, maybe I need to call Michelle and say hi, say I love you. You know, I don't know, am I a jerk of a husband? But then I found out it was a trust issue. You see, he wasn't calling to say I love you. He was calling to see where she was, just to make sure everything. It's a relationship killer. If you take trust out of the equation, there is no relationship. And so my question is, what kind of trust have you placed in God? And is there anything in the way? Is there some kind of a layer that you're putting before God? If we have complete confidence in God and we knew his nature, in his nature, he tells us to remember the things I've done in the past. If we knew his position, we know he is God None like him, and we know his word. He said what he would do, and he will do it. Then the possibilities become endless. Here's the sobering truth I want to be honest with you about today. I, I don't want to believe this, but deep in my heart, I do. And so I, I think it's worth saying, at least for me, is that I, I think we might be entering a very uncomfortable season for Christ followers that we've really never seen in the United States. I, I think maybe the, the days, I think we see it already kind of happening and, and trickling down, that, uh, that this, this meeting like this will not be perceived as the good thing to do. And that's going to get very uncomfortable for those of us that want to be in the room. And so what it does is it draws us to a line and we're going to have to make a choice and say, okay, no longer is this considered the, the, the good thing to do in our society. Am I still going to follow through and trust God you know, with, with what I do with my time and my energy? Am I still going to say, when, it's, when it no longer benefits me in my profession, when it lo no longer benefits me as a friend, am I still going to stand up and say, I am a Christ follower. Am I still going to say, hey, I went to resonate last Sunday. You should come. You know, is, is it still going to be that you will put your faith in what you believe in to the top? And, and that is really the, the defining moment to know uh, who we are. God has a funny way of doing things. If, uh, if, if I come to you and I want to show you that I'm trustworthy, Okay, or if I want to prove to you I'm trustworthy, then I am going to show you so that you can trust me. 
And so man says, show me, and I will trust you. God says it a little bit differently. And, and it's, it's more challenging to become. Where, where man says, show me, and I will trust you, God says, trust me, and I will show you. We live in a culture that you have to show me first before I trust you. We serve a God that says, trust me, and I'll show you. And here's the good news. We're not talking again about a God that has selfish plans for him. He has great plans for you. He has great plans for me. And he wants to take us and let us succeed and all that. So there's really, there, there's no risk as far as what we are doing because we serve a loving God that is going to catch us in the pool every single time. That's his desire. That's his want. That's why he created us, so that he can love us and enter into a relationship with us. And so we, we get to that point to where we need to put full trust in him. Now, I want to take you to a point in scripture that's a little bit different. I like, I like stories in scripture where either Jesus sits down or someone else sits down and has a pep talk. And so I want to take you to a pep talk in Scripture. If you have uh, your Bible or your device, uh, turn to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew uh, chapter 10. This is basically the talk that Jesus gives. Are you in or are you out? And I want to be clear. Let's set it up. Sometimes this passage can be taken out of context, especially the verses before of, uh, of, of of everything about God. God is speaking to his, Jesus is speaking to his closest followers, and he's speaking at a time where they're going to be sent out. He's going to leave them, and he is going to send them out, and they have a choice. And so this is the pep talk between Jesus and his disciples, and he's saying, are you in or are you out? Matthew chapter 10, starting with verse uh, 16. Here's what he says, 16 and 17. Look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. Be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. But beware, you will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. Let me read that one more time, just in case you didn't grasp it. You will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. At that point, don't you stand up and go follow someone else? It's, you know, it's, and, and it, it gets worse as you go through here. But, you know, it, it's like, wait, what? what? What are you saying, God? I thought we were following you. You were going to you know, do all this. It's going to be great. Jesus says no. He goes, you will be handed over to the courts and you will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. Jesus knew what was going to happen when he died on the cross. Jesus knew that time was going to come that his followers were going to be tested. He says, verse 18, You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers, but this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and the other believers about me. That's where I want to hang out. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. Now, if you take verse 17 and 18, you'll be handed over to the courts, you will be flogged, you will stand trial before governors and kings. Those were promises, those actually happened to his followers, right? It does not mean it will necessarily happen to you as an individual, but 
it could. And so as, as we go through life, our persecution might look totally different than the 12 disciples, but the end result is the same. Listen to what it says. It says, but this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other believers about me. What Jesus is saying for them to do, he wants his 12 disciples that have been following him, and, and we are here today meeting in this room because of their faithfulness and their persecution and their standing up and them taking opportunities to, to share the way, as they called it then. And, and by doing that, what they did is they relinquished the lead, they put full trust in God, and they made their mission about him. Everything else became secondary. If I could give you one challenge for this new year is I would ask you to relinquish the lead in your life. Would you relinquish the lead and let God be the forefront? If you are not yet a Christ follower in this room, it is a simple, just, it, 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 there's not a magical prayer, there's not a magical dance, it is just a simple putting your faith and trust in Christ. And the prayer is as simple as, God, I trust you. Save me. And I would beg you, if you're not a Christ follower, to pray that prayer. And then if you are a Christ follower, there is a tendency at times that we begin to pull back in the rope and we take back in the lead because we want to lead. And we want, in fact, the very thing that gave us self-confidence is probably God. And sometimes we run with that self-confidence to do our own way. And what I'm asking you to do is to relinquish that lead back to God and put his mission back at the front. I say it all the time. Whatever your hobby is, whatever your profession is, are those first and foremost in your life or is it being a Christ follower? I like to golf. I'm not that good at it. Many people in this room know that. But if I say I am a golfer who is a Christ follower, I got it backwards. Because I am a Christ follower who is a golfer. If you are a teacher who is a Christ follower, you got it backwards. You are a Christ follower who God has placed as a teacher. You're a salesman. You're whatever. You're a worship leader that God has placed or you're a Christ follower that God has placed in that position for such a time as this. Let's get our priorities back in line. Let's put it all back in order and relinquish the lead to God. The, the verse I want to share with you is my life verse, and it has a lot to do with being all in, because here's what God does. When you relinquish the lead, he takes over but he doesn't just take over and discard you. And I think in our mindset, especially in the Western culture, we think of when we release lead that we're discarded. That doesn't happen. God says this, Psalm 37, 4, allow God to give you your desire. God says, if you'll delight yourself in me, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. And, and yes, we confuse that sometimes because we, we think we can, you know, give, you know, delight ourselves in the Lord and we'll show up the next day and there will be a brand new F-150 in our driveway. That's, that's not what it's talking about. 
what it's talking about is, is God will take your desires and he, he will mold you into him and his desires. Your desires will match with his desires. Let me read verse 26 on and just listen to what he gives. So that's the hard part. But, but here's where he starts being clear about not being afraid. Verse 26, but don't be afraid of those who threaten you. For the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed and all that is in secret will be made known to all. Don't be afraid, verse 28, of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Verse 29, what is the price of two sparrows, one copper coin, but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are numbered, so don't be afraid. Verse 31, you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. The good news about relinquishing the lead to God and allowing not to be based on self-confidence, but God-confidence, is that you are relinquishing the lead to someone who cares for you more than you will ever, ever know. If you, by chance, have a memory of jumping off a diving board into someone you loved arms, that is the absolute trust. That is the absolute love. That person in the pool wants to do nothing more than save you and get you back to the edge of the pool. And he hopes you'll do it again, and again, and again. And that's the good thing about God. As a dad, I was kind of out after about five times. But God is in every... Do it again, Dad. Do it again, Dad. Do it. I mean, God is in every single time, and he wants you uh, to be there for him. Let me give you what it frees you to do. When you put full trust, full, trust, full confidence in God... It frees you to make right decisions. It frees you to make decisions based on him being the one that you trust in. Uh, you know, we, we would no longer make a, a decision based on finances. We no longer make a decision based on, you know, uh, performance reviews or whatever it would be. We would make decisions based on what God has asked us to do. And again, you're relinquishing the lead knowing that he is going to catch you as we follow him. Real quick, Adam and Eve. Was Adam and Eve an obedience issue? Was it really the apple that was the problem? It really wasn't an obedience issue. It was a trust issue. The enemy came in the form of a snake, and he says, hey, you can be like God. All you got to do is this. And it, it wasn't the disobedient act necessarily that did it. It was the mindset that went, hey, can I really trust? Is he telling me the truth? I need to find that. It, it was a trust issue from the very start of putting confidence in God rather than just an obedience uh, issue. Let me give you some next steps real quick. Uh, I want to tie these to memory verses. So we talked about knowing him, know his word, know your value. I, I want you to think in terms of these, uh, if, if, if you don't know him or if you don't know his word or you don't know your value, pick one of these to memorize this week and, and make it work for you. Know him. Isaiah 46, 9 through 11, we've already read it. Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. 
and we read the rest. So know him. Do you know him? Have you made that choice? Can you remember what he has done for you? Have you allowed him to do anything for you? And I would say to you, if you're not yet a Christ follower, I would love to talk with you about that uh, after Resonate Today in a few minutes. Or if you want, if you're more comfortable, text the word BELIEVE to that Get Connected number. Uh, 281-343-3033, and we would love to just enter into a dialogue with you about what it means to be a Christ follower. And then secondly, know his word. Know his word. Romans 8, 28. When you relinquish the lead, here's what he promises. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Uh, Many of you have maybe already memorized that. Man, put it to work. Remember that. If you relinquish the lead, God is going to use everything that will work together for his good. And then most importantly, know your value. Know that when you relinquish your lead, you're relinquishing to a God that values you more than you have the capacity to value anything in your life. Literally, we do not have the capacity to love as God loves. Look at what he says. Matthew 10, 31. Don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Don't be afraid. Your, your value to God, and I understand that we don't really put great value on a flock of sparrows anymore, but, but in the context of what they were right, it, it is you are more valuable to God than you can comprehend, that you can even imagine. And so he is the one that we should put our confidence in. Self-confidence has limited potential. God-confidence has unlimited possibility. Let me pray. We'll go. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for 2021. I thank you for the opportunities of 2020. And Lord, may we put our confidence in you. May we relinquish the lead to you. And Father, may you just take over that would free us to do what you have called us to do. Lord, may we have the right mindset of order and position of who we are. Lord, may, may we know and understand and operate like we are Christ followers. Father, if there's someone in here that has never made that decision, I pray that you would give them the boldness, Lord, just to reach out and to reach out to you. And Lord, accept the gift that you freely offer, Lord. And again, we love you, praise you. Thank you for the worship today. Thanks for Kenny being with us. Lord, we, we just love you. Thank you for our time together. And pray that you give us a great week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.